0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 47 of the Linkage podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the month of September 2022. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications and Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen?
1: Oh, great, Brian. It's been a really interesting and really active month here at ERS, and I'm excited to share some of uh, what we've got going on around our communities.
0: Absolutely, a lot going on. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, families, and staff members. So Kristen, we've got another great show. You want to tell us uh, what we've got coming up?
1: Oh, yeah. We've got some really interesting guests from our community at Marjorie P. Lee. Uh, Some longtime residents there, Joni Thomas and Ann Hunter. Mm -hmm. Both Joni and Ann have been involved in our Marjorie P. Lee corner store. And uh, they were doing that, volunteering there uh, before the pandemic. And it's uh, reopened since uh, just... I think this summer that they started reopening it and they're mm-hmm. looking for volunteers. So they came to us hoping to um, talk about the corner store and uh, get some folks interested in coming in and becoming volunteers.
0: How and awesome.
1: I know. Right. And I know you also got to sit down with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. So it's a really good show.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that, do you want to introduce your first guests?
1: Yes. So Ann Hunter, and Joni Thomas of Marjorie P. Lee sat down with me and the three of us had a great conversation about Marjorie P. Lee community reopening their corner store. Here's Anne and Joni. Joni and Anne, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being with me today.
2: Hi, uh, yeah, thanks. But. Thank you for helping us publicize that the corner store is now open, Kristen. Yes.
1: Well, we want to get that good word out there. Um, I was sharing with a couple of my new team members, um, Mike and Caroline, that the corner store is really a tradition at Marjorie P. Lee that goes pretty far back. Um, I know it's something that a lot of members of the community have volunteered there and been involved and we need to make everybody aware that it's now open again.
2: Yes, it goes back. I am a resident. uh, I've been here almost 10 years and I started out uh, maybe seven years when I was here, less than two years when I started when the corner store was handled by Nikki Bade and it was an auxiliary project. Right. So Joanie also came in while it was an auxiliary pro- project. Anne was the Pardon? one that
3: introduced me to the corner store. Oh. And so, um, she and I have been working quite a while. But the, the fun thing, Kristen, is that it was closed all during COVID and now it is open and we right. are Ian and I are so glad because <laughs> we love working there.
1: Yes, yes. I had talked to uh, Corky Lad on the podcast in the very beginning of the pandemic, and she had said, though, that they had to close the corner store, they were still helping people get the things that they needed. But it's not the same as being open and being able to go down when you feel like it, you know, um, and get the thing that you need or want or, or just even... Go in and say hi, right? Right.
3: Yes. They had our well, bus they, driver. Remember, yes. Ann, they had the bus driver, Mike, in there.
2: <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we had help. Joni uh, encouraged Mike, or actually Hayden, to use the drivers to bring up merchandise to residents that needed it we couldn't do that because of pandemic right. but they did allow the people to call down and whatever merchandise was still in the shop or the drivers would go to Kroger's and get what the residents needed now the residents could put that on their monthly account and then we're now allowed to put also staff purchases on oh their good. monthly, you know, on their, it comes out of their paycheck. Like, and there's a limit. Uh, they have to buy at least $5 to make right. it worthwhile. Right. But so- it's,
1: but that's convenient, convenient, and that's a nice a nice thing to offer both staff and the residents. a a, a simple way to get something that you might need right right away. Why well, don't you, um, Anne? Why don't you share a little bit about what kinds of things the corner store does offer?
2: Well, they offer wonderful snacks, which and beverages which the staff take great advantage of. And then there's also uh, personal uh, needs such as nail files. We also are capable of trying to get what we may not have for them if they let us know. uh, Grace or Katrina will see that we can carry it for them if not just get it for the one time joni why don't you mention some of the things that they are buying most right now
3: well like even batteries um light bulbs you know household things and then i just got the giggles one time i kept thinking what is this it was this little package and it was to fix your glasses, little oh. teeny tiny, <laughs> little teeny tiny screwdriver, like so that if your glasses got loose, you could tighten <laughs> your glasses up. So I thought, oh my gosh, we've got everything that anybody is... would ever think of. So I think that's what thing. happens because we have this uh, piece of paper, um, people can, write on it what they need and so all these little household things and um you know this is the right side of the store right in you know all yeah the left side is all the wonderful things the snacks right things like that this is the right side with the light bulbs batteries uh shampoo all that but anyway so we have such a huge variety because during the years, people would write down, I wish you had ta-da, ta-da, and <laughs> they would get it. So it's like a variety and the other, of other,
2: The other thing, Joni, is that we have laundry detergent for those that need it. Oh, yeah. We- that's a, a popular item. But the thing is that We want the residents to think about volunteering in there, and it is so Mm -hmm. simple. Even if they've worked before or have not worked, there's only two ways to bring up things. If it's edible, it's non-taxable tea. Mm -hmm. If you you can't eat it, you have to tax it like (laughs) everything else. But it is so easy, and it has a great advantage. When I started, I knew very few people in the uh, Victoria Building, and you have the advantage of getting to meet the people, not only to meet them, but to maybe meet their aide who brings them down. They need that help with an aid. Mm -hmm. You will eventually get to meet family members. I think that it's a great way for the new people, the new residents in Victoria to have an opportunity to become part of the community by volunteering and also learning and enjoying meeting new people while you're working there. That's a very good
3: point, Anne, because I think you were the one encouraging me when I first came to work there, and that's how I did get to meet so many people and feel a part of it, feel a part of P. Lee, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: that's great. That's a
3: great point. And Kristen, one thing we're forgetting are the greeting cards. Oh. Oh, yes oh my gosh! tell Tell her about the greeting cards.
2: Well, we have a wonderful selection, fantastic prices. The cards are either a dollar or a dollar twenty five and having been in retail and ran gift shops, I know today, even at Kroger's, you cannot find a card for a dollar or a dollar twenty five that has is pretty, and these are all well-designed, high-quality cards at one-fourth the prices that you would pay in the store. And it covers all categories. So come in and have fun and just look at the cards, and you will be amazed at the assortment and the very reasonable price. That the corner store has. That is Don't so you have fun?
1: <laughs> Greeting cards are through the roof these days. I bought one a few weeks ago. I think it was six dollars. So, a dollar, a dollar twenty-five. That is so more than reasonable. It's almost a steal.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, then another funny thing, Kristen, is that I'm the librarian also right. um, here and. We have a lot of paperbacks, so we have a separate paperback library and on the library committee, too. So Ann and I keep working together. (laughs) We have a whole lot of things we do together. But anyway, so people are, excuse the word, dumping paperback books upon us. (laughs) And we're like, oh, my gosh, we've got so many of them. And so now we're selling them for 25 cents
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, that's a great way to get a reuse out of those because you don't want them just sitting and you don't want them to go to a landfill. So that's fantastic. Right, Right.
2: yes. And they're in good condition for 25 cents. And they're all current. And we have another library committee member, Lois, Gentleman, who keeps an, the, the, all of our um, paperbacks in order that you can take from the sixth floor but if you want to buy a paperback and give it to your family member mm-hmm. or just buy one you want Joni's got them down there for you to buy for a quarter That's you so can't cute. even get a good candy bar for a quarter <laughs>
1: That is a a real (laughs) service you are doing there for the community. Well, the whole thing just is the corner store, a a great tradition and a great service to the community. So I, I appreciate that you guys came on today onto the podcast to spread the good word about the corner store reopening. And, um, I, I will make sure that we are. Um, very clear that we're open to having more volunteers join the corner store. That'll allow the corner store to be open the hours that it, it had been in the past. It used to be, I think, open almost every weekday. Is that right?
3: Right. Yes. Yes, it was. for At least four hours every day. Or more. Ann, wasn't it?
2: Yes, they were from my... Monday through Friday, from 10 to 4, There oh, yeah. was a 10 to 12, 12 mm-hmm. to That's 2, right. 2 to 4. But right now, we're only open two hours certain days because we need you as listeners to volunteer and help us open it on the regular basis of 10 to 4. But now we're open two hours. And it is posted outside the corner store by either, I think it's Katrina or Grace that is handling and have done such a fabulous job in organizing it yes. and pricing it. They've made it so simple to volunteers there that just come in and observe us when we're open. And you can see that. It's a very simple procedure and you will love volunteering once you get in there and acclimate yourself to what's going on. So I just wanna say that we need you to volunteer and you will be thankful that you did because you're part of helping out Margaret P. Lee. Well- Oh, well, Joni's doing all the work. I'm doing the talking right now. Thanks, Joni.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was well said, and You're a good saleswoman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, thank you both again. I really appreciate you being here, and hopefully we've spread the good word today, and hopefully very soon you will have plenty of volunteers and be open those hours that you want to. Thanks again for Thanks. joining me.
0: Thank you, Kristen. Kristen, it was so good to hear from Joni and Ann and and certainly, and this is no pun intended, but the corner store is a cornerstone of Marjorie Peeley mm-hmm. and and you know meeting other residents there, seeing other residents and sometimes having some of those little items that just come in very helpful in the daily lives of our residents. And I, you know, certainly their, their uh, solicitation of new volunteers, whether it's family members that uh, you know, are, are, are a part of the Marjorie P. Lee family or our current residents, um, it's a really kind of exciting uh, position to hold within the, the, the Marjorie P. Lee community.
1: It really is, Brian, and, and they're very passionate about um, just trying to reach out to not only uh, their fellow neighbors at Marjorie P. Lee, but maybe, um, you know, family members of Marjorie P. Lee or community members of Hyde Park who might like to come in and, and become a volunteer so that they can be um, open more hours there to serve the residents, just to really uh just it's a tradition um, Mm -hmm. of marjorie p lee so many people i know have volunteered there and then have later become residents right and um, you know it's just something they're excited to see keep continuing on
0: absolutely
1: well next up i guess we've got our president and ceo laura lamb and i'm excited to hear your conversation brian with laura
0: So, I'm here again this month with President and CEO Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura?
4: I'm doing well. How about you, Brian?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. um and it seems like you know we're we're heading into the later part of the year, but uh, a lot is going on and a lot of progress on things and I, I think we've got some some fun things to talk about today.
4: I'm excited,
0: yeah, yeah, so um. Speaking of progress down at ECH, there's, there's a lot of activity and building going on. So I wondered if you could update our listeners on all things ECH right now.
4: Oh, I would love to, Brian. Um, well, you've heard me say this. The Episcopal Church Home Master Plan is our number one in our number one strategy, and mm-hmm. it is the number one goal in that strategy. So it gets a lot of attention um, for from all levels of the organization, and it needs to because we know that the history of Episcopal Church Home has been a wonderful one. Um, however, the last several years have been difficult, which necessitated a master plan to make sure that with that. Community is a strong well into the future, mm-hmm. and um, despite a global pandemic, uh, we we have right. done a great job of keeping the master plan construction on on target. Um, we reported just this morning that we're within about three months of the original uh, schedule. If you can believe that, amazing. Yeah. kind of amazing. Exactly, that was the word I was going to use. Amazing. Right so um we have completed the rent renovation the restoration of the morton house uh, we have demolished a 1970 uh, care center we've built a clubhouse for residents that um, have not um, previously had a gathering space in independent living to call their own
0: mm-hmm. uh,
4: we have new patio homes um, that we're lovingly calling uh, Dudley Mm 3, and um, those are in in, uh, progress. And and if you drive by on Linden Lane, um, drive by slowly, um, make sure there's nobody behind you, but I think you're going to be really impressed and amazed with all the progress. It just, it's, you know, coming, literally coming out of the ground, coming to fruition on dreams that we had. What is that? Brian, almost three, it'll be three years ago in February that we announced the master plan. So, Right.
0: Right. Well, and it is, I've been down there. I've got some pictures, hopefully that we'll share on our Facebook and social media and maybe even on our blog here soon. But just to your point, there's so many of these patio home buildings coming out from the ground and it's really starting to look like a, a new community there um,
4: it really is you know the the master planning um had 25 new patio homes and uh three of them were constructed during the w- around the clubhouse time frames so yes which are all full filled and um a total of 17 out of the 25 are already committed uh yeah and that is amazing too <laughs>
0: yeah exciting and then personal care is
4: yeah so personal care is um under roof as they like to say and it's more than that it's um the lights are on the electricity mm-hmm. the furnishings the walls the trims the um the cabinets you know we're coming in the home stretch on that mm-hmm. um we will be fully complete and hopefully have our certificate of occupancy and um licensure by Um, the middle of November. And I like to say just in time for my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. And what I I can't think of a holiday that's more appropriate to welcome um, our residents to their new home and just really be thankful for the last three years that have been extremely difficult by all counts. But The fact that we were able to do this, like I said, during COVID, during a global pandemic, during the economy issues, the supply chain issues, I just owe a debt of thanks to you, to Beverly Edwards, to the Ridgestone team, Brian Gruber, uh, Nick, um, who's been on site every day for two and a half, almost three years. (laughs) Um, It's just amazing. It's just absolutely amazing.
0: Well, and I think it's just, I I think uh, going along with amazing to see the concepts of these living environments starting to bear fruit. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I heard Beverly talking this morning about that person centered care model and the versatile workers at, 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 um, in the new Linden house, the personal care building. And you, you talked about, you know, just how excited everybody is about that.
4: Mm -hmm. It really is to be able to have state of the art personal care amenities. And what do I mean that by that? Well, you know, it's not a room it's, it's, you know, an apartment. So folks that need a little bit of assistance in personal care, it's not skilled nursing. So they, still enjoy having a little bit larger space, a little kitchenette, the ability to, um, you know, be uh, cozy in their room, but then also have a gorgeous um, living area, outdoor patio area that's um, overlooking our beautiful new grounds and our um, affinity garden and you know, a lovely open kitchen that they can ha- grab a snack or a cup of coffee as they're enjoying life with their neighbors.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's really exciting to see it come together. Even that you mentioned the affinity garden, that being all, I, I guess graded and and kind of prepared mm-hmm. and a little bit of landscaping, just you can see it coming to life. It's it's really yeah. cool
4: it's amazing isn't it it's for a couple of years well not a, for a couple of years it has looked like a construction site and right right yeah like I said we're coming to the end and frankly in many ways this is so exciting and for those of us that had the honor of the dreaming phase you know way back three mm-hmm. plus years now with the board mm-hmm. it is fun to see kind of the ideas and the concepts come to life it sure is
0: yeah and the chapel will be open here soon too yeah,
4: well. yeah yeah same time frame so um we're targeting and pushing hard for uh right before thanksgiving
0: yeah i know the reverend, reverend lisa tolliver has been doing a great job going around and,
4: mm-hmm. and
0: you know tending to the to the flock all around the community but to have that chapel back open i know will be special so um Moving on to talking about more improvements, I know you've had a special project going on over at Dupree Cottages, which, you know, seemed like it just opened yesterday, but um, <laughs> it's been, what, 15, 16 years?
4: You know, it's so funny that you said that, you know, I've I've shared this, that I I track my projects with Mm -hmm. how old my kids are. So yes, it has been 16, 17 years old or years because my son is going to be 22 this year. So, you know, he was, he was running around, um, construction sites way back in the day when he was, you know, a toddler and a young, young child. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, it has been about 14 years since we opened the cottages and it has been beautiful and boy, we have gotten our money's worth, you know, we've had to refresh the common areas, Mm -hmm. um, I think twice, but the resident room furniture, Mm -hmm. um, has really um, held up quite well and you know I compare it to home you know how often do you really change your bedroom furniture out whereas you might change your furniture in the living room a little bit more often because it gets a little bit of wear and tear so we're right on schedule we're right on schedule but we made a significant investment um, this year in the cottages and we invested you know about $200,000. In, and in, when I say that, people are like, what? <laughs> but when you multiply complete bedroom furniture times 24, it does add up. It really does add up, but it's an investment. And I can tell you that the residents um, at the cottages are so appreciative Mm -hmm. uh, for the little spruce up. There's nothing that makes um, some of us feel better than, you know, a nice, nice little redo to, you know, make you feel good about yourself and about your space, more importantly. So it was nice to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I think in in the nine years that I've been here, um, just to see you, you talk about making investments and I've seen. ERS make investments time and time again in all of its properties, whether that's, you know, Marjorie P. Lee going through a $20 million renovation uh master plan or ECH going through a $20 million or upgrading, you know, furniture and, and carpets at Dupree House and now the cottages. I know that's really important to you.
4: Oh, it's very important. I, I just feel like you know, that that's where I started my career with ERS is, you know, being responsible for the capital improvements. And now I have a a bigger team to work with, but, you know, we, we have a spreadsheet where we think about every location um, in all of our retirement communities and have it on a cycle because what happens and, you know, we've seen this with other organizations um, out there is when you don't have it scheduled out, it comes up, and then you find yourself having to make, um, you know, renovations um, overnight, and it's it's not financially possible. You know, right. uh, the one you referenced, and again, people are always surprised when I say this, but renovating corridors in a retirement community is anywhere between a million to a $2 million investment. Wow. Just because there's so many linear feet, Brian. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. You know you paint a room is $1,000. Well, when you're painting, you know, um, a hundred times that in linear feet, you know, it adds pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Not to mention all the other furnishings and what have you. So, you know, we, um, work very closely with the servant leadership team to make sure that we fund, um, our capital improvements, um, over, um, the long haul so that we, um, hopefully don't get behind. Now, I'm not saying that we're always up to date and we're always on schedule. Um, the yeah. the COVID really shut that down, Brian, because right. um, unlike ECH's master plan where it was off by its own and contractors could come in, right. we had a period of 24 months where, you know, um, flooring people could not come into the building safely. So yeah, yeah, it's great to, to be able to invest and in, and see the residents enjoy that um, investment. It really is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like getting it's a
4: home. new
0: pair of shoes. It's just, yeah. It's like getting a new pair of shoes. You feel, yeah. you know, you feel a little more sp- a special, a little spiffy when there's yeah. some proof. Yeah.
4: Happen your yeah. step. That's a that's right. a great analogy. Great analogy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So just kind of moving on to another topic. I, you know, I I know we've been talking about this as an organization throughout. The year, but I don't think we've talked about it in the podcast. You you had an opportunity to finally travel to um, an industry conference and meet with other CEOs and C-level people within our industry. And you know the thing that was I think on my mind and probably on a lot of people in general is just this this labor challenges that have been going on since the pandemic started, but really, you know, even Probably escalated or got got a little more challenging in the last year, and I, I wondered what you were hearing out in the marketplace and and how that was kind of I, I don't know maybe how we benchmarked versus the other organizations out across the country in our industry
4: yeah um well, there's some good news and some bad news, <laughs> so right. you're right um so the um organization that you're referring to is I had the chance to be uh, i serve on the caring communities insurance um board and uh, we had our one of our meetings our fall meeting in chicago and um it's always nice. I always go to these conferences mm-hmm. with a couple questions that i want to pick the brains of you know my peers across the country and in my mm-hmm. mind this the caring communities insurance group is the creme de la creme. They are the top quality providers in mm-hmm. our space in leading in, in not leading age, excuse me, in aging services. Right. And so um, you know, my the question on everyone's heart is uh, I'm occup or I'm sorry, occupancy, um staffing. And right um so to to be with them and to have the opportunity to say what are you doing how are you approaching this labor shortage you know what is your turnover what are you doing to retain as much as attract and to your point about it it is on everyone's heart the ccic uh leadership the executive team actually brought in a a national speaker from on on shift which uh-huh. is um, a technology that uh, staffing technology that a lot of us use, right. and he, um, I was so excited about that presentation, <laughs> and I walked away with, frankly, very few not new ideas, yeah, but a ton of affirmation mm-hmm. that we're doing the right thing. Uh-huh. So you know, sitting in the front seat, front row, and I'm looking at his PowerPoint. I'm taking copious notes. And all along I'm saying, um, not in a braggadocious, not in a, but check, 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 you know, we're doing, we're doing that, we're doing that. And I'm listening for those nuggets and the nugget that I shared with the servant leadership team. And even the board, when I returned is, you know, the nugget here is that there is not a magic bullet. Yeah we're all dealing with it, no matter what part of the country you are. So Mm -hmm. each part of the country has highs and lows, you know, maybe in this part of the country, it's direct care workers and another, it might be managers that are the hard thing to crack. Okay. Um, But it's hard everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that I walked away with is, you know, every position that's open impacts the ability for all of us to do our job. I believe that as sure as I'm standing here or because candidly as a not for profit, if the position wasn't meaningful or impactful, we wouldn't have it. Right. So I don't mean to be dismissive by what I'm about to say. And that is, you know, our turnover and our open position. If you're a manager that has an open position, Mm -hmm. it, it, it can it can bring you to your knees because right. you need that position, right. but comparatively, when we compare e r s s turnover rate our mm-hmm. you know open positions mm-hmm. for an organization our size, we have a lot to be thankful for
0: right.
4: our our rates are much better than the industry trends, and right. again heavy position, so we're not gonna we're not gonna say pa- HR is not gonna pack it up and say, well, we're not gonna recruit because we're better than industry trends because they know their firsthand how much we need these positions. But it was affirming again to say to that number one, we're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. We could tweak things. There's always room for improvement. We yeah. come up with a new idea once a week, right? Let's right. implement those. But we're doing better than the trends, and that. Feels good, and and I have to ask myself, and I'm sure your listeners are too. Well, what what do you attribute that to? What do you attribute that to? And I I always go back to, ERS has created over the last thirteen years, <laughs> yeah. um, really put an emphasis, and it's been longer than thirteen, but thirteen to fifteen years, we've really put an emphasis on creating an amazing, and I'm going to be bold and say top workplace culture. Right. So that you can track, attract and retain great people that care deeply about elders and want to serve alongside other people in pursuit of excellence. So I think that's what, you know, we, we, you can't start that at the beginning of a, a a labor downturn. we did. We started this you know, 15 years ago. So why are we doing a little bit better than the industry trends? I'll tell you, it's because we've created this culture where no matter, you you and I have talked about this, Brian, our mm-hmm. work is hard, Yeah. but we get up knowing every day and our roles, and we we hope that all ERS staff members can say this, is that even on the bad days, we are making an impact on people's lives.
0: Right.
4: And that's pretty rewarding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. It, it's when you're doing those fundamentals going into, you know, a challenging time, you know, that can blunt some of the the, the impacts yeah. that uh, that those that aren't doing it, you know, will end up having more challenges um, to the point where I think across the country, there are nursing homes and other facilities closing down because of staffing. And you know, we're able to. Yeah. That, that, was one,
4: that was one thing that was validated is that because we've looked at these statistics, like, to your point, shutting down, but also how many um, nursing uh, facilities across the country and retirement communities are restricting admissions because of staffing, right? right? right. And that's Absolutely. over 50%, OV, right. over 50% are restricting, you know, they can't accept more admissions. It's kind of like when you go to the restaurant, my husband said this last night, mm-hmm. why is there a line and there's tables open. Right. Right? Well, there's a line and a wait and people aren't being seated because they don't have the staff to open every section. So that's what we're saying is that nursing homes have said I can't take any more residents even though there's residents that I should be caring for because I don't have the staff to care for them.
0: Yeah. Well, In Malcolm
4: I, Wood, we're not doing that. <laughs>
0: no, no, not doing that. But I, I think, you know, as you talked about, just going back to the culture part, when ple- people love what they're doing and they like working with one another. I know there's been some faces that have changed throughout the, the past couple of years, but there's a lot of consistency here, mm-hmm. you know, with people that have worked here years, decades together, and, and that's a really nice situation to have.
4: You know, I, um, to that point, I had the opportunity to be with one of our newer staff members just the other day and Mm -hmm. just recognize her and she's been with us, she came during the pandemic and Mm
3: -hmm. she
4: is just a star she just really is and um, she was telling me what she loved about our culture and she said, you know, I didn't expect to form friendships at work. Mm-hmm. She said, Laurie, you all have created something really special here. I'm friends with the people I le- work alongside with, mm-hmm. and I have friendships with the residents that I really um, appreciate and and enjoy. And I thought, wow, that's what, that's what keeps me energized. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And in ju- just a short amount of time too, right? Yeah.
4: Exactly. That's- exactly.
0: That's a wonderful story to share. And I think just illustrates what a special place this is. So thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that.
4: Absolutely.
0: Well, I think that that wraps up uh, this month. And I, I really appreciate your time once again, Laura. And we'll look forward to getting together again next month in October.
4: I always do, Brian.
1: Well, Brian, it was great to hear from Laura again. Um, She's so generous with her time and it was good for me to um, be reminded of a good memory from this summer being at the cottages when they were getting their brand new furnishings and um, refreshing their furniture was something that was really um, nice to see happen there. And just shout out to uh, Nicole Mackay and Dee Dee Farmer and, and all the Dupree Cottages team members. They really did a beautiful job of making those days interesting and um, just a, a pleasure for the residents, even though it was a disruption for their daily life.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they they enjoy that and I think you know people should feel good about the fact that you know ERS continues to invest in its communities and, and make make it a fun exercise um, in, in the meantime and and you know as Laura talks, you know, there, there's so much going around our communities, whether that's our ECH master plan or or the updating of of uh, furniture over at Dupree cottages, and and then keeping up with our employment. Um, you know, uh, throughout a, a challenging time, but you you know we can be very proud of all the the good work that's being done across the organization.
1: You betcha. We don't talk a whole lot about the difference between a for-profit and a not-for-profit, but that was mm-hmm. a really good example right there of, of putting you know back into the community and, and keeping it um, that highest quality that we can get.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think that's it for this latest episode of the Linkage podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our linkage blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within the ERS communities and our services as well. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Our technical director is Caroline Perrier. I'd like to thank our guests today, both Joni Thomas and Ann Hunter from Marjorie P. Lee. And of course, as always, a special thank you to president and CEO, Laura Lamb. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to uh, you joining our podcast next month. Thanks so much, Kristen.
1: Thank you, Brian.